Yeah, did you see the size of that thing? Yeah, if you're going to be out there fishing and you're illegally doing it, you should be thrown in a pen for a crab pot. I'd have to say, if you're going to use a long shank hook, great for whiting, perfect for yabbies, not the best for live bait, such as a herring. Oh, come on, mate, you're joking, aren't you? That's absolute, that's, that's rubbish, you know. Now put yourself in a fishing line here. Now that's a catch. That is a quality catch. Well done, champion. And it's a big howdy-doody to everybody listening around the country or wherever you are around the world. We are coming to you from our Step Outside studios here on the beautiful GC we call the Gold Coast. And, of course, if you saw today's show, uh, we were up there, beautiful Fraser Island. Kagari, they call it these days. And, of course, with that, it leads into some of the best fishing on the planet. And, of course, there's no one better to go with than what you saw today on the show. Andrew Trozza-Chorley from Harvey Bay Fly and Sport Fishing joins us online now. Good morning to you, mate. Hey, mate, how are you? Mate, I'm doing well. Thanks very much for your time there, Choz. How you been, buddy? Yeah, mate, it's been busy. So, uh, our epic season, sort of October, November, December. Uh, it's all, all guns blazing for little blacks. But I've got to say, the uh, the black marlin fishery up there, I've always wanted to do it. I've heard about it, read about it, seen it on TV and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I guess, you know, it's a time of being there, weather dependent. But when you're there, mate, it is just heaven on a stick. What a slice of paradise you got there. Yeah, mate, it's pretty good. And obviously you need a few things to come in line, including currents and wind and nice, clean blue water and all those beautiful things. So once all that happens, mate, it is certainly game on. You know, you, you told us about it because you know, we, we did some stuff with you on the show last year and uh, you took us up fishing for, you know, cobia. We got cobia. You said, Bertie, we're going to catch cobia and they'll be over 100 pound. Well, there was one swimming around over 100 pound. It ate a, a whole GT. And the other one I caught, yeah. I think it was about... 99.9 pound this thing was huge that you caught thank goodness and i gave you the sloppiest <laughs> the sloppiest rod imaginable and you, yeah, your you grandfather's know, rod, I it was the grandfather's rod and i gave it to you and it was a matter of um hey charles here you go mate use this thing and you hooked up to this monstrous fish and realistically you couldn't have had it on any, anything worse because it took you a long time to get it up but you got it you... oh yeah, yeah no, the rod, that rod was actually more than capable i think it's just um She's a bit of a bit of a softer uh, blank to what I'm used to, I guess you'd say. Oh, mate, we've got a soft spot for those ones. And uh, and then we went to the uh, to the cod hole, smacked the cod, let let a lot of the fish go, which is great. And uh, got some beautiful cold trout. I mean, realistically, the fishing at Harvey Bay is is ten out of ten. It's a bucket list thing to do, uh, regardless. Particularly if you're coming into Brisbane, or if you're on the Gold Coast, you you skip the border once the borders open, you can come over. It's really just a, a yeah. four hour drive from the Gold Coast. What's it from Brisbane? Four hours or three hours from Brizzy? No, it depends on traffic, I guess. But yeah, yeah it's been almost north, northern suburbs, three hours. It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good. It's getting quicker. You know, that highway's just getting upgraded all the time. So, yeah, people are really shooting up that highway now. It's good. Mate, I want to talk about a couple of weeks ago, we, we had a chat and talked about the black marlin fishery and, and what we could do. And you mentioned to me a couple of the key elements. Um, we needed a northerly breeze. Can you explain why northerly was better for that area? Well, what I find, particularly northwest, mm-hmm. seems to blow that sort of blue current that just hits maybe four miles offshore there, off west of Rooney's, tends to blow it straight in onto the beach. And it, you'll notice a couple of days before a big northerly, when it just starts trickling in, particularly in wintertime, you'll notice the water goes ultra clear. Mm-hmm. And it just brings in that cleaner water. And a lot of people think, oh, 
normally is a bay, it's no good, it's it's, it's this or that. But you're standing, so you're standing on the beach looking out, mm. it could be milky, green, dirty looking chopped up sea. But once you go 10 miles past that, it's blue. So that's what you want. So we, we ticked the box on that. Northwesterly winds were on the forecast for this day. We we ventured up. And, and then the next bit of the element needed to have was obviously, you know, the current, the water temperature, et cetera. But, um, mate, we, we took your advice and we, we got up there. We got up to the point. Now, just for, for to paint everyone's expectations of what we're talking about here is that you've got to cross a bay to get to the ground. And it does get a bit choppy. So you know yeah. you, you you avoid the uh, you avoid the open waters and you you hug the beautiful coastlines of Fraser and and gorgeous spot as well. I mean that that whole Platypus Bay, you know, home of the whales when they come up on their migratory track to the north, is a, is a yeah. superb spot and it's such a sightsee. Uh, you know, trip when you do venture over from you know your to Moon Point all the way up past Arch Cliffs with Toomba, and eventually to Rooney's Point. It's a, it's a great spot, but um, man, I remember oh. pulling up. I remember pulling up, and uh, one of my guys on on the board turned around and goes, "Oh, there's Chos. He's he's got a he's got fish on," and we're only in about eight meters of water. And I turned around, and you didn't have a fish on; you had three. You had three black mullet, a triple hookup, and all there was just you and your partner live on board. <laughs> and mate, you had three fish. Should you put three rods out when there's only two of you on board, mate? <laughs> that was a bit chaotic. <laughs> I don't think we we really landed one out of three, and that's. With all fishing, I find, particularly pelagic fishing, if you have a triple hookup, yeah. you only ever land one. <laughs> Just the way it goes. You know, we were out at Rec Reef Fair, um, you know, 600-odd Ks, 700 Ks offshore a, a couple of months ago. We put out three rods when we were trolling for Wahoo. And for all three rods yeah. went off when we were trolling for Wahoo. And, and I learned a lesson. Don't ever do that again uh, because it is, no. it is, it is chaotic. Mate, um, the, the black marlin uh, fishery up there, why is it so so good what why do why, why are they coming down into harvey bay and then schooling up on that point rather than just going straight down the eastern seaboard well there's a few factors and oh it's a little bit there's a few theories out there with the whole juvenile black male and harvey bay thing because in in theory when you think those cans fish or even townsville fish they're actually a little bit bigger than the ones we're catching yeah but are they the same spawning run we don't know the eggs when they spawn up in cans, some split inside the reef, some go down the outside. We don't know. Is there another spawning ground at Lady Musgrave or Swains? So, there's a few theories on what happens, but certainly, whatever happens to these fish is they get trapped inside the reef, they come inside the reef, and they the whole the reef, the barrier reef acts as a funnel all the way down to like Thunderberg, and then they get trapped in the Harvey Bay and they basically do a big lap to get out. So, when they're doing that lap to get out, they hit the beach, and they transition on that point, and they're, most of them are travelling fish. You very rarely see them feed, they're always just swimming. Oh, so wow. that's the theory I've come up with over the years. Obviously, fish feed, you know, they're going to hang around if it's food. If the spotties are in, they follow them around. But the ones on the point on the flats, they're either going or they're, they're just in, in a transit lane, basically. What's uh, what's the duration uh, time that they'll actually stay in the bay there for, Chos? Do they do they hang around? Because I know off the Gold Coast we get a lot of them out off the ocean here in about eighty meters of water, and there a lot of the fish are between sort of forty and and eighty kilograms. Good fish, and um, you know they're down deep. You know it's it's, it's a deep sort of fishery, uh, chasing the bait balls down deep around the slimy mackerel, etc. But that that's more December, January, February. Do your fish hang around for that time, or are they sort of just here for a month and they're gone? 
Well, I've caught them. The latest I've caught one is probably in January on the on the flat. So I think it's around the fifth of January. Mm. Um, but we've certainly seen them through the month of January later. But they're not. They're just stragglers. You know, they're not. They're not the fish that we're targeting. The ones we're targeting are sort of October right through till um, December, basically Christmas Day sort of thing. That's the, the season. That's what I call the season anyway. Mate, um, you you put me onto my first black marlin on a fly rod, which is epic. And I had a lot of people asking me over the past week because obviously we've been non-stop talking about this thing. And uh, a lot of people asking, are you trolling the fly? And the answer to that was was no. We're not trolling. No, we're, we're doing a, a switch bait. Do you want to explain to everyone what, what the actual method of, uh, of madness is? when Because it is madness at the end. You've got to keep your wits about yourself, otherwise you'll lose it. But just explain to everyone what do you actually do. How do you bring the fish to the back of the boat to cast a fly into them? Okay, well, there's a couple of things in the fly fishing. If you went through the IGFA set of rules, the boat needs to be neutral. So I'm a big believer is you could have the boat neutral, at least have it in neutral. I even like to have it stopped if possible. That one you caught, I will dead in the water, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. For a good a good while because it, it swam around a few times. So what we got what we do is we have teasers out the back. We might have a set of like a daisy chain type teaser. And then I have a, a, a pusher or a, another teaser with a belly flap in it on a on a rod. Mm-hmm. Um normally I'd I'd use a proper teasing rod but we um we had a just a heavy like GT rod just now you can get it away from the fish. So we, what we do is the fish will come up. It'll come up, see the, those teasers. It might see the daisy chain first, so we'll wind in the belly flap and get him on the belly flap. We'll clear that other teaser and then wind that fish into the back of the boat, slip it in neutral, pull the teaser out, and then the angler makes the cast, and it's simple as that. So as soon as you pull the, the, the teaser with the belly flap in to the boat, as soon as, you, as, soon as that lifts out of the water... The fly is basically in the air and replacing that, isn't it? In that perspective, yes, right, yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, they're so sort of um, aggressive that mm. you don't even have to strip the fly. Ideally, all you do is make the cast and just let it sit. And use the intermediate or sinking line that goes under the prop wash and it just sinks down slowly. And they think they've, they think they've killed the bait fish, so they've gone, okay, that's what I just had. Mm. I'll go back and nab it, and yeah, that's when you get him, get him on. And it is, uh, it's game on at that time there as well. And it is, um, you know, you, you've got a small fly reel, which is, it's still a larger fly reel for the, for, for being a fly reel. You know, it's not like a trout reel yeah, or anything. And no, uh, no. obviously when the marlin starts running towards you, you, you really got to wind crazily fast to, ta- <laughs> to take up the slack. Mate, have you ever been down to the backing on a marlin? Oh, plenty of time. Oh, plenty of time. <laughs> you must have been close. I haven't been down to... Um, I haven't been down to seeing the school. Um, I don't think maybe you'd want to get smaller there. No, but that we'll use a, a, a bigger fly reel mm. on that fish, and that, that held a lot of line. So there's no chance that you get spooled, but yeah. um, if you took a 200 pounder, you might have. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and that's the beauty of fishing. You just don't know what you're going to catch, even though there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of beautiful smaller fish up there. There are still bigger ones. I, feel, I saw a few of the the boats in your Harvey Bay fly sport fishing fleet hook onto a decent fish in the background. I'm looking at this thing and thinking, gee, these guys are a good 500 metres away and I can see that fish as clear as day jumping out. So there's some, there are some bigger specimens there. Now, I did go back through the footage that we had today on Step Outside that the, the, the laying of the fly into the water, it really wasn't quite a, a majestical cast. It was really a plop 
because I'm trying to, you know, you've ripped out the, uh, the, the, the teaser and I've laid this, I'm trying to do this beautiful, daintily sort of a cast. And mate, realistically, I might as well just got a chicken thrown in the water because it was just this thing just go plop in the, in the drink. And yeah, the old Marlon, he turned around and, and smash it. Now it's a, a lot of fun, but then we moved on to a different way of, of catching fish and that was with a trolled garfish. Now that's something I've never done. Done it for you know for mackerel and all that sort of stuff, but never done a skipping garfish. And the way you rigged it was was quite intricate. Is there other species of fish that you can um, tow for marlin as well, mate, on the surface? Um, as in um, to use for bait for marlin? Yeah, that's right. Could you tow? A, yeah. Could you use a mullet or a queenfish or anything for yeah, those small Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We've used uh, yakker. Exactly. Bridled that exact same technique um you might on some of those other ones maybe when you do do that bridle you might run a, a the thread through uh behind the gills and through the backbone just to make sure the head stays on the fish um yeah, on some of those other species of baits but yeah you can use mullet herring just just about anything as long as it's going to skip um if you rig it right it'll just it'll sit on its side and just just skip along so yeah no no issues there have you ever gone up there with live bait, mate, and just drifted around with liveies and throwing them out, or or, or you sort of oh, always luring? Yeah, and and I, I'd imagine yeah, no, it would we've just done, be... we've caught them every way. Wow, and I guess they just come alive. I mean, what's the most amount of marlin you've seen up there? The most amount in in a day? Well, in a day, I reckon I've seen easily um, over twenty fish on the flats in a day. Wow. Um, I remember one day there, yeah, that was everywhere. We had four in the spread on the flats. We hooked eight or something. Um, it was just chaos. And the best day I've had on the fly was five landed on fly in a day. Um, that was in about 2015. So um, That's a lot. Yeah, you get some numbers. Yeah, five on fly in a day. It, 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 well, the world record's five, but obviously we weren't fishing IGFA no. uh, leaders and, as such. So if you wanted to, you could claim that as some sort of you know record if you're, if you're chasing records on that front. But... Yeah, it's five fish in a day on fly. It's pretty good. I tell you what, it's just a, a big shout out to anyone else out there who just wants to experience, you know, world class fishing while you're up here in Queensland. Or if you're a Queenslander, you want to do it, hey, just make a weekend of it. There's so much accommodation in Harvey Bay that you can go and stay. Oh. Charles says, mate, you've got a beautiful boat, that new contender. That She's an absolute weapon of a rig. Yeah, no, that's been a real game changer for us. We can fish four anglers too. So our. Our winter season, which is more of a holiday season, uh, we can fish four. And I even had four chasing a little marlin. And it worked really well because everyone's got a job to do. Want to, you know, hook one. Yeah. Someone has a, a job to clear the deck. So um, it works really well. And it's, it's been a great addition. So you can stay anywhere in, in the bay, even on the on the marina there at uh, Yurangan at Mantra or whatever it was, or, or any of the hotels yeah. or, or accommodations. We were at the uh, Kandari, which is a, a great spot, great feed there as well. Like, you know, that you can stay yep. there and the, yep. go to the tavern. But, um, mate, yep. you, you'll pick up everyone from the marina and um, and away you go. Yep. So it's a simple yep. it's a simple way of going fishing without taking your own boat. You don't need it. And you've got all the good gear as well. So it's you, you're pretty much accommodating for everybody and from the novice to the experience oh absolutely and what i say a lot of people is what a god what do guides do when they go on a fishing holiday they book guides yeah so we know the value in it and so it, you can it, there's certainly so much value in booking a guide or just a charter in general mm. um then towing your own boat you probably work out by the time you do the sums with the fuel 
whatever you buy, your wheel bearings, this, that, the rest, mm. it's probably cheaper. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is, mate. And and you're going in power, and you go with people like that, like yourself, who know the waterways. I mean, you grew up in Harvey Bay. Uh, you're a well-known local up there, mate. Um, How did you get into fishing? All right, yeah. Well, so basically when I was well, four, three, four, five, you know, just down the beach fishing mm. and then on the jetties fishing with Dad. And then we progressed to boats and just, just as pretty much like everyone, really. You know, you just usually start with your family and mm. then you then Harvey Bay having basically nothing to do in those days. Mm. You know, teenagers were out on the pier, your Rangan pier. Yep. Um, and then we'd, we'd also Kingfisher come along in about 95. I think that was built. So in that, in that late 90s, I had a little um, sport fishing club yep. at Kingfisher Resort off Fraser Island. Yep. And you could get the ferry over as a junior for nothing. So nice. as teenagers, we were going to Kingfisher and fishing off that jetty, which was just paradise, untouched. <laughs> um, well, no, I hardly seen anyone fishing off compared to your anchor pier. Yeah. And it just opened up our eyes to sport fishing and then, the likes of um, Rod Harrison and Peter Morse and a few others yep. in the fly fishing scene had tournaments there. So we got involved with them and it just involved from there. And I've always been around sort of guiding and, and sport fishing my whole life. So just a natural progression to, to what I do now. And I know that obviously with your, your, your business name, company name being Harvey Bay Fly, and sport fishing, which is which is a unique, ideal name. It's it's the best. Is that um, yeah. Rod Harrison and, and Peter Morse? I've had the the privilege of of fishing with them both and know them both. They're great, great guys, um, mate. They they really sort of put on the world map the uh, the fishing what you would know up there as the Golden Trevally on fly as well. Well, they absolutely did. I think Dean Butler might have been the first one to catch yeah. one on fly. Oh, beach ball. All these guys. Yeah, all these guys. <laughs> you just look up to total legends of the yeah. of the game and a lot of young people would never even heard of some of these guys but True. they are the ones that developed what we do today in a way mm. um, definitely found all these fisheries and, and discovered it all and worked out how to do it um, I guess younger generations fine tune things but those guys are the pioneers and they were just idols to all of us as jetty rats so it was amazing and, uh, and we move up into the Marlin series now, which is uh, amazing stuff. And I guess back in those days, it would have been a big epic trip to go, you know, 70 kilometres, 74 k's, if you had to go the inside of Platypus or 56 k's from Yerangan up to Rooney's Point, is you had yeah. to have the fuel. You had to have the weather. You had to have the right boat and because you are out in the elements. So it, it really is a, a, a new fishery that sort of, it's been there for a long time, but it's a new fishery that a lot of people can easily access now. And of course, with your you know fleet of boats that you're running, is that you can get up there quite regularly and easily during this time of the year. And you also do motherships. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the mothershipping is basically um, allows us to stay up there, so we don't have that hour drive back and forth. Mm. So we we use uh, Freedom Three, which is a, a whale watching vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside the whale season, we use it for like liverboard trips. So we'll take six people, um, go up to anchor off anywhere from Arch Cliffs to Rooney's, depending on the wind direction. And it's a bit like what you see up north on the Cape York trips, similar style thing. You know, wake up in the morning, get your breakfast, off to go fishing. If the boat's in sort of close quarters to us, we can come back, have lunch. And, yeah, it just allows us to spend all that time on the water, get that early bite, get the afternoon bite, and just a total different experience. And it's, it's quite, it's quite um, affordable for most people too. It's good pricing. Mate, it certainly is. Tell me about the, uh, the, 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 
the teasers. Is that a necessity when you are trolling for Marlon? Just jump back on the Marlon bandwagon for a sec. Is when when yeah. you're when you're going out there and you you want to bring the fish back to the boat, you want to get their attention. Explain the bird yeah. teaser because I noticed that you had you know you got the pusher at the back. They look like a pakula lure at the back, and then you're coming yeah. up and you've got a lot of octopuses and all that sort of stuff there. Is that that's yeah. what brings the fish up? Is it? Well, I find they certainly go to that. Now, if that wasn't there, would they go straight to the pusher? Most likely. But um, it just gives you confidence, I think, in a way that I know that teaser will bring in fish and create a bit of splash and, and flash and attention. Mm. So the boat usually raises the fish. They get their attention firstly. And then the second thing they might see is that daisy chain out the back and go, what is that? Mm. And then... And then from there, we can offer whatever we're going to do. Like, they might see, if you've got the spread of lures out, they might see that. If you've got your belly fat for switching, they're going to see that. And you can sort of pick and choose what almost what you're going to offer them and then, and then go from there. Line class, what's, uh, what's the, the best rating line class to, to suit the fish that you catch up there, mate? Well, they're 15 to 20 kilo fish. So with fly rods, if we stay on the fly side of things first, um, we run like a, I run an 11 weight these days. Yeah. Um, you can run a 10 weight fly rod, but I run 11 weight fly rod, um, and just with intermediate sinking, sinking line. And then usually have your, your butt section. And then if you're fishing, uh, I do fade up to 20 pound test. Um, and then a, a bite tip it on the end, which would be 50 or 60 pound just to stop the, the, um, bill from chasing you off. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, if you're and when you're towing, uh, you're towing the lure. You got the skirts out the back, or you, you've. Do you alternate the difference there from a skipping gar to a skirt? Um, when I'm so we're towing, uh, we're going conventional. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. So we're going conventional. What would I have in the spread? My whole setup would be um, if you're on fishing a smaller boat, I'd have three rods out. So I'd have a short corner, sort of a long corner, I guess you'd say. And then maybe one out the back as a shotgun. But if the fish were hot, I'd get rid of that third rod, get that out of the equation, and I'd probably run a garfish just behind the teaser. Yep. And then, and then on the on the long corner, I would run just a pakula, um, I think cockroach or, or mini sprocket, one of those. Um, and I'd generally run 15 kilo mono for the charter use. But if you were like into a bit more sport, you'd probably you could go down to eight kilo quite easily. Mate, it's 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 an amazing way to catch a fish. Has anyone ever turned up with two kilogram line class saying, "I want a world record"? I have seen other boats do it around me, mm. um, but no, I haven't had anyone on my boat. We've we've done that with other species, but not the little marlin. And I think there was recently a one kilo record. I think <laughs> out of Harvey Bay in the last year or so. So how they do that, I've got no idea. I've seen the sharks there, mate. I didn't get mine up quick enough, and it got eaten. And I saw one of yours. Uh, I saw one of yours with a shark smashing on the surface. So, a lot of shark activity up there. What's the biggest shark you've seen lurking in the waters of Harvey Bay? Not that we're oh, going to scare people away, but we're just saying there's a lot of sharks no, up there. Seen, yeah, we do. I've seen great whites in the whale migration. Um, I've only ever seen two. Yep. Uh, one was on the flats at Rooney's there. Really? Long, yeah, he was in about two or three meters of water, and we got. We could just drive along that one. That was yeah, I got a selfie with him. <laughs> what was he big? The boat. Oh, he's probably three meters, but a three meter white is just like nothing you've ever seen. It feels like that yeah. five meter bully. Like they just wow. the girth is just ridiculous. Wow. Um, 
and I saw another one out wider, and it was probably close to four metres. It was big. Um, that was just in the middle of Platypus Bay. Yeah. And it's no secret that they come in here, they frequent here. We had a, a shark show, as you know, down at um, Urangan there for 30 yeah. years. And, yeah. you know, that, that was all about great whites. So there's yeah. plenty of them here. But our bull sharks is our main sort of problem, problem, I guess you'd say, when it comes to fishing. And they're like two and a half metres or so. Yeah. Uh, big ones. So, yeah, a bit of a problem. Mate, we're coming up to uh, towards the Christmas period at the moment. What's the next species of fish that we can expect in Harvey Bay? Anyone wanting to get up there going, righto, okay, I've done the marlin. I, I do want to catch them. I want to see what else is around. What's the next targeted species on the calendar? Well, uh, our, our next big thing to really turn up is our spotty mackerel migration, our spotted mackerel. So um, they should be like here. I'm expecting them any day, really. The bait yeah. here, I've seen lots of little baits even balling up with mac tuna on it. So the spotties won't be far away at all. Um, so that's the next thing. And that's different here to what you're used to off the Gold Coast as well, where you fish from a bit deeper down there, I believe. But here, mm. it's all surface. The smaller fish are only 70 centimetres, 80 centimetres, um, but they're on the surface. So it's all very visual. And that's what it's all about, mate. It's getting out there and having a blast. Hey, Charles, I've got to say thank you very much for your time today, mate. Um, it's always an interesting chat when we can get back there and sort of grab the fish and then you know, just pull it apart and go, right, how do you target? What do you do? And how did you get to be in the position that you are to do this sort of stuff? And uh, and I really appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, great to be on board. Absolutely. Now, you can, of course, uh, check out... Uh, Andrew Chorley out there on harveybaysportfishing.com.au or, of course, you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook. And keep in touch because I'll tell you what, again, if you're coming up to Brisbane, it's only about a three-hour drive to the north. You can fly straight into Harvey Bay. And, of course, you can visit the Fraser Coast Tourism uh, Board as well and find out all the details for local accommodation. And you can get on the bookings there, of course, with the sites with Chos himself. Good on you, Andrew. Thanks again, mate. And uh, we'll see you again soon, buddy. I can't wait for the spotties to turn up. We'll be up there within about four hours from the Gold Coast. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Looking forward to it. We'll uh, see you later. You Thanks betcha. for the chat. You're welcome, mate. There you go. That's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. And, of course, we'll see you again uh, next weekend with a new show being dropped on Sunday. If you did miss today's show of our marlin fishing up there at Rooney's Point with Harvey Bay Flying Sport Fishing, it has have an encore next Saturday, and it replays at about 10 o'clock in the morning around this magnificent country of ours in Australia. So check it out there. And then, of course, we run about four or five different shows throughout the week of Step Outside. So it's always going to be there, or you can jump on to the 7 Plus app or website and just type in Step Outside and it'll come straight up. Take it easy, everybody. Have yourself a fantastic week, whatever you might be doing. And as I love to say, of course, may your rod bend off, everyone. Mate, what a catch. Did you see the size of that thing? Mate, what a catch. Mate, what a catch. Did you see the size of that thing? Yeah, if you're going to be out there fishing and you're going to be out there fishing and you're illegally doing it, you should be throwing in your pen for a crab pot. I'd have to say, if you're going to use a long shank hook, great for whiting, perfect for yabbies, not the best for live bait, such as a herring. Come on, mate, you're joking, aren't you? That's absolute, that's that's rubbish, you know. Don't put yourself in a fishing line here. Now, that's a catch. That is a quality catch. Well done, champion. 